Welcome and thank you for joining us here for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Bread and water is what we need and what we have in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and drink. He said, I am the bread of life. However we adorn our Christian faith, it rests in this most basic thing. Christ is all. Let's learn from him. Let's learn about him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We back up the tape today. In our last broadcast, we spoke of the vital relationship the true believer has with Jesus Christ. It is an intellectual relationship, an emotional one, and a volitional one. This relationship with him must be cultivated by our attention to walk with Christ and to follow him. And when we grow towards Christ in these areas, we come to the wells of his salvation and we drink fully of the life he wants to give us. We drink fully of himself. Try to spend less and less time choking your mind up with all the latest stories on the news. I suggest you read the Drudge Report less and your Bibles more. Meditate on what you see in God's Word more and less about the latest distressing headline you read in the paper. Right? Don't be constantly running your mind over how to fix just the latest problem of the age or the latest problem in your life. Rest upon God's Word. Here's another one of vital relationship. It's the relationship that's emotional. My heart, my mind is also been wonderfully transformed. The Bible says when I come to the Lord Jesus Christ that in Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. All of a sudden, God works in us in a powerful way so that he fills us with an emotional response and a heart for him that we've never had before. You take that young mother and you come to the mother holding that little baby in their arms. You, you ask if you can hold it yourself. You hold the baby for a little while. We're holding, hold him. And then you say to the mother, don't you just love her? Don't you just love him? And they'll say, They'll say, oh, oh, yes, I love her. I love him. That's what happens when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, your heart and your being, this emotional part of you, is poured out before him at his feet, and you love him. I have told this illustration a number of times of my brother-in-law, who was a paramedic. And periodically he'd get people in the ambulance. Now he was always careful when he asked the question. If they were on their deathbed, he wouldn't say this because he didn't want to frighten them. But if they were, you know, okay. And he's taking them on a trip from wherever they are to the hospital. He would ask them this question. Do you know the Lord Jesus? Or do you know Jesus? That's not something you want to ask if somebody's right at the very edge. They already, you know, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. We're going to be fine. Just want you to know that. But I just have a question. Do you know the Lord Jesus? If they said yes, his next question would be, Don't you just love him? And if they went, well, sure, you know, or I guess so, or, but if their answer was, oh, yes, I love him, well, then he would share a little mutual exchange of his love for the Lord Jesus, and he'd say, let's pray, and let's thank him that he's here with us. And if they said, well, you know, sure, I love him, or, you know, I don't know, or whatever, then then he would say, you know what, I just want you to know, I just want you to know right now, you're going to be all right, and I want you to know he loves you. And he's with us. Is it all right if I pray for you? And he'd pray for them. But the reaction of the person who has this vital relationship where Christ is living in him is that Christ, by the Holy Spirit, lives out his own love life from them. 
They find themselves loving God and loving the Lord Jesus and loving the Holy Spirit and loving their word and loving those that, things that God loves. And it's an emotional thing in your life. Well, that's got to be cultivated too. You've got to work on that. You can't presume upon it. A lovesick man will carry a photo of in his wallet of the one he loves. He'll put a scented letter in his sock drawer, right? He'll put around his life. He'll take the blanket that she made for him and put it at the foot of his bed. And What does he do? He'll get a picture and he carries it with him everywhere he goes. He is fostering his love for that person. You need to foster your love for the Lord Jesus. Well, how do you do that? The rubble you need to get rid of are the thoughts and memories and images that do not enforce your love for Christ. The bitterness, the self-pity, the resentment, the flashing betrayals of the world's lust that play out on your TV. These things need to be removed. You need to surround your life and your home with those things that foster your love for the Lord Jesus. That can be people in need that He loves. That can be the exercise of those things which are pure and good. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. What is it that Paul's getting after? He's getting after your love life. And he's saying, cultivate this vital relationship that Christ has shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Spirit. One more. It's a volitional relationship. It's a vital relationship that not only affects my mind and not only affects my heart, but it, it's a vital relationship where Christ gets into my hands and my feet, my will. And he begins willing in me his own will and his own purposes. He lives in me to turn my actions and my determinations to his own way, to turn my will into his will and my determinations into a determination for his glory alone. It's a relationship where I grow and I deepen myself in the exercise of knowing God's will and adopting God's will and determining to do his will as my own will so that when Christ says that it's my meat to do the Father's will, the meal that I want to eat more than anything else is pleasing my Father. That becomes the vital interest of your own life. And he puts that there. If you've given your life to Christ, it's there. If it's not there, you've given your life to Christ. This is the vital relationship he's put in your heart. I, I want to please him. I want to live for him. Knowing that's true, what I do is I go out to drive a stake through the impulses of my flesh, the cry of my fleshly desires, I listen to Paul where he says in Colossians 3.5 that I'm to put to death therefore what is earthly in me. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Instead, I cultivate in myself a yearning for God and a yearning for His will and a yearning for Him to be glorified in my actions. I want to live in the same way that Christ lived. Let me give you two ways in which you can extract the rubble that impacts this vital development and cultivation of the upflowing of Christ pouring into me the 
impulse is the vital impulse of a new will and a new desire. What has to be extracted are earthly loves. Earthly loves. The Bible talks about this. What's an earthly love? Tozer says this, an earthly love is anything that you would not be willing for the Lord Jesus to take away from you should he ask for it. It is any love that you keep out of the will of God for fear that God might not will it. The freeing attitude must be something like this. God, I only want it if it's yours first and if it's kept in your will and not in mine. These things, these things that you love can only remain if they're baptized into God's will and He is preeminent over them. So here's a question for you. Is there anything that you love so much that you would fight God if He came to take it away from you? That's an earthly love. It needs to be extracted from your life. It's a battle that He will bring you to. God brings us to those battles. Blessedly, God brings us to those battles. You say, no, there isn't. Well, maybe this week He'll show you there is. And you bless Him and you thank Him. Because it's at that point that God is helping remove from your heart those things that are blocking the flow of the upspring of His life, allowing you to delight and rejoice in doing His goodwill for His glory. Now, it's not only earthly loves, but it's also earthly fears. Fear is tied to wants and things that we will for ourselves and are not given to God. Fear is related to our distrust of God, our distrust of His perfect power and His perfect love. But when I want only what He wants, and I believe that He is in utter control, then fear's power in my life is completely and utterly broken. See, the only healthy fear in life is the fear of being out of God's will. But when I say, God, I want your will, I want to live under your purposes and your delight, then no sickness, no material loss, no uh, step back from reputation, no withholding of some worldly comfort, no loss of a certain relationship will ultimately harm us. It may bring us discomfort, but it can't separate us from the love of God. In fact, in those moments, God teaches us how he most perfectly can express his own will from our lives as we trust and delight in him. So, is there anything you're so afraid of that you can't give it to God? And say, God, I know you know best. Your love, your perfect love for me, cast out fear. Vital relationship of mind, vital relationship of heart, vital relationship of will, all places where God wants to, Christ wants to, have us drink deep of him. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, in probing in all these things, in doing the careful judgments of our lives, we ask that you would let us probe only by your Holy Spirit and go only so far as he would take us so that we would not bring ourselves into condemnation, that we'd only do it recognizing the declaration for we who have received you as our Savior, that we've been made right and we've been justified and cleansed by you. And Lord, how wonderful that we can stand under this legal declaration. And in the confidence of that declaration, we come now and petition for you to come and bring to us a fuller and deeper experience of the vital relationship that you long for us to know and experience. And forgive us when we've wandered away from that will in our minds, in our affections, in our actions. 
And so now, God, may we once again commit to renew our minds to those things that are good and pure, to turn our hearts to that which is lovely and right, to surrender to you everything so that you would govern the deep desires and longings of our being, our wills. Here at that place, in this place, open up before our eyes the sight of our Savior present among us. Let us hear his invitation to come to him and drink for all these things. Let us also see that the great blessing in life is just this. Christ in my mind, Christ in all of my affections, Christ in all of my will and all of my actions. The table is before us. We come to it. It reflects the body of our Savior broken for us the blood of our Savior shed for our sins, it represents Christ himself as life for us to eat and drink. Now when we come, Lord Jesus, may we honestly be able to say we want you for all these things, our mind, our affections, our actions. And where our minds have wandered, repent in this moment, in this hour. Where our affections have wandered, oh, hold dear only what is represented in this table. Where our actions have swerved. Oh, to come back and stake ourselves at the cross of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the Bread of Life, ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.